Welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me on a Friday before we wrap up the week. It is April 9th. We have the markets trading right at all-time highs right now. But today's show is a continuation of Tuesday's show. We're talking SPACs. And I got to tell you, the more research I do, the more excited I am, the more hated they are, the more excited I am. All I have to tell you is that we are going to go through some hot SPACs that I think could be great buying opportunities for you long-term investors. All coming up now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is April 9th, 2021. It is a Friday. It's crazy because I, 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 get, I don't keep track of time very well. Uh, people will say, um, I've been married before. When were you married? I don't know what year. What year were you divorced? I don't know. Quickly after. Uh, so I, I, I don't remember years of things. Uh, I just, maybe because... As my therapist once told me, I don't live in the moment. Uh, I'm too busy looking ahead, so I don't even know what the hell the date is. But I will say doing this on a regular basis every Tuesday and Friday and looking at the dates, it blows my mind how fast time goes by. And I didn't plan this, but this kind of leads into a little bit of a stock market lesson here before we get into SPACs. And I'm going to talk cryptos too because there's something going on there. Uh, but how quickly time goes. And what you forget oftentimes is you buy a stock and you have this long-term outlook for it. Tesla's going to be the leader. It's going to be a $3 trillion company. But Tesla then pulls back in the next two weeks or two months after you buy it. And you start thinking, well, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm getting out. Man, oh man, that is the worst attitude to take towards investing. You've gone from an investor to a trader. And again, the reason I'm saying this is because time goes so damn fast. It was, what, 13 months ago when things started shutting down? It seems like yesterday. It seems like yesterday things were normal before the shutdown. It's over a year ago. Think about what's changed in the stock market. Think about how many stocks have gone up. Think about all the opportunities. And again, this is still only a short 13 or 14 months. A lot of my trends I talk about here and for clients at Penn Financial Group, and for our subscribers here at Investor Place, these are long-term trends. This isn't buying for a couple weeks or a couple months or because I think they're going to have good earnings or I'm going to sell because I think they're going to have bad earnings. You look at any, any company out there, folks, any successful long-term stock that has gone up and made investors money, there's been multiple, and I mean multiple, pullbacks of 20 25%. Amazon, Netflix, a couple 50% pullbacks. And it sucks to live through that because you don't know if that's the next pets.com or it's the next Amazon at the moment. But if you do your research and you diversify enough, all you need is a couple of those Amazons and Netflix of the world to be able to make up for the pets.com you might've bought. But I don't think that we're gonna get any pets.com. You can't guarantee anything, but we do enough research that they're real companies. But again, anything can go wrong. You have no idea. Anything can go wrong. But it's kind of a nice way to, to open a show because with some of the growth stocks still not back to where they were, but with the S&P right now up about a tenth of a percent at an all-time high, people are getting frustrated. My God, my, my account's not at an all-time high, but the S&P is. Well, I'm sure if you were in growth stocks, your account was way up there and still much better than what the S&P has done over the last 13 months if you were buying back when we were in, in March and April and May. 
you can't look at it in a two-week, two-month time frame. Unless your investment outlook was two months, then that's perfectly fine. But then you shouldn't have been in these types of stocks. You should be in cash if you need money in two months. Because nobody knows where the hell the market's going to be in two months. So again, please think long-term. If you're not a long-term thinker, if you're a trader, then congrats. It doesn't matter. That's what you do for a living. You're in and out. You don't care about the fundamentals and the big-time story that I'm talking about. You're a trader. But if you're an investor, you have to think long-term. I've said this for two decades now. You cannot make long-term decisions based on short-term catalysts. It doesn't make any sense. Let's take, let's take a relationship. You're in a great long-term marriage, let's say. But she pisses you off or he pisses you off one day. Do you divorce them because of that? No, you don't. It's a long-term agreement, a long-term relationship. You don't base it off one bad day and get the hell out. It's the same thing with stocks. Bad day, bad week, bad month. Nothing's perfect. Nothing goes straight up. If you're a dater slash trader, then yeah, get rid of him if he's a jerk for a week because you're just dating anyway and you're just a trader. But if you're in long-term or relationship or a long-term investor, you can't base it on short-term catalysts. Trust me. I, the things that I, I try to get across to you, the educational things I talk about with the that analogy I just made up. I've never used a relationship analogy ever. I think it's actually pretty ridiculous, but I think I'm going to use it again because we've all been in some type of relationship at some point. Uh, the things I talk to you about here, I'm telling you this because I live them. I've lost tons of money early on trying to be a trader and an investor, trying to do this and that, follow the hot thing. And I'm telling you, over 20 plus years of doing this. I mean, I've opened Penn Financial 18 years ago. I became a stockbroker at Charles Schwab in 2000, May of 2000. So 21 years ago. And I was in a market before that with my own money. So over 20 years of doing this, I've learned it a lot the hard way, a lot of lessons. And I will say, the one strategy that has consistently returned great returns in the stock market and beaten the market is investing in solid companies that are in great long-term trends. I'm telling you folks, it's simple. It's very far from easy, but it is simple. Before we get into our SPACs, which boy, I got a lot of cool ones I wanna talk about. I wanna talk about uh, cryptos. And the reason I wanna talk about it is, I think I said last week I bought more Bitcoin at 58,000. Right now it's around 58,300. And it's around 1140 East Coast time here AM on Friday. And I like to pull up my phone and see, because this is my real gauge, how one of my accounts in crypto is doing. And um, oof, we're about 1% off an all-time high, uh, even though we have uh, Bitcoin about 10% off an all-time high. I will say this. Some of these altcoins are really moving. And I have about half of my crypto portfolio in Bitcoin. The other half is in, um, in altcoins, smaller coins. And a lot of them are taking off. So... I like to look and see how we're doing for subscribers because that's extremely important to me. And in our ultimate crypto uh, portfolio, which you can find everything in the link that we have in the in descriptions, um, you can go to moneywire.investorplace.com, uh, uh, get all the information about all of our newsletters. I have so many newsletters. I have the free newsletter as well. We have investment opportunities for $49 per year. You get access to all of our portfolios. Uh, I got to tell you, it's money well spent, folks. I mean, my team and I, we put so much hard work in this for $49. You can't. I mean, my God, I'm going to dinner tonight uh, with a group of people. I'll spend that before the appetizer comes. Because I'm probably going to get two nice glasses of wine before the appetizer even comes, and I'll spend that. 
And that's not really good. Because two glasses of wine, I should stop, but I won't. And I'll probably feel like crap tomorrow. And probably eat food I shouldn't eat. So, that $49 can actually bring you money back. And educate you a hell of a lot along the way. Um, so, our ultimate crypto portfolio, I ran in numbers about an hour ago. Remember, we launched this on January 7th of 2020. So, what's today? A ninth, right? So, 14 months and two days, let's call it. 14 months and two days. Our average gain, average, 1,075%. That's over 11x, almost 12x your money, 14 months. And these are all documented. We have subscribers that have done this. If we take away the last two we put in, because they're only uh, one was a week old, and one's like two, not even, they're both within 10 days. Two new, we've had two new recommendations out. And they haven't had time to move yet, obviously. Take those two away, the average gain of the other positions in there since January 7th, 1155% folks, 12 and a half times your money. That means if you invested $10,000, it's now, pretty simple math, $125,000. Past performance is not guarantees in the future, I'll tell you, but I, I, like I said, I bought more Bitcoin. I think we blow through 60,000 and I think when we do, I still think 100,000 is extremely um, attainable. Remember, oh man, how long goes this down? Maybe six, eight months ago? when Bitcoin was down around 15 to 20,000 in the teens and Louis Navalier and I had a little bet what was going to hit 40,000 first, the Dow, which was about 28,000 at the time. So he did a lot less to go than I did. And people thought it was crazy saying 40,000. Remember, we blew through 20. We blew through 40. We went through 60. And now we're at 58 now. I just think we're set up for a huge rally. I really, I really, really do. Hey, I might be wrong, but I'm telling you, I'm putting my money where my mouth is when it comes to crypto. So... Uh, yeah, I'm looking at some of the cryptos that are in our portfolio. Man, oh man, there are some are taking off and some are just getting ready to take off. And and so congrats to all of, all of our subscribers of Ultimate Crypto. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, and thank you for everybody who's listening too. And try to comment down below. The comments are coming out slower because we've had so much spam and BS on there that they have to be approved by one of our producers. Um, I'm going to tell them to take it off and let the spam go through, but please start uh, commenting below. Starting next week, I'm going to start asking a, a, daily, a question every time we do a show. Just get people more engaged. But all that being said, we covered the markets. S&P's kind of just floating around at all-time high here. Uh, let me just show you here real quick, too. This is a small cap index, uh, IWM. Let me get back over here, sorry. Uh, IWM, which is a Russell 2000. As you can see here, this has struggled a little bit. It's down two-thirds of a percent. And then I want to show you IWC. This is a microcap, the Russell Microcap Index. Again, about uh, down about uh, a quarter percentage points. But you can look at this day here. This is Wednesday. Uh, the market was actually up. at The large caps, the mega caps were up. At the same time, uh, we had the micro caps down 2.3%, and the mega caps were up 0.4%. Huge difference in one day. I still think th this is the best place to be long-term. This is forming a bit of a, uh, well, it could be a, a few things on the charts. It's forming a W pattern now. We got a break above this. It could be great. Um, it could also be a head and shoulders and it breaks below 140. It's not good. So we will keep an eye on it. But I, again, long term, I still love this long term, but I'm still a technical analysis geek at heart. All right, let's get into it. And we've been doing this in sections. And if you didn't watch Tuesday's show, go back and watch Tuesday's show. I talked about a bunch of SPACs. And these are SPACs that have, made announcements, uh, signed definitive agreements, but it hasn't gone through yet. The name change hasn't gone through, and it hasn't gone through uh, to the new symbol, meaning that you could still get out at the $10 per share. And a lot of them are trading near 10 bucks, as I'm about to show you. So the first group we're gonna take a look at 
uh, is EVTOs, EVTOLs, I don't know how they even call it. Um, electric vehicle uh, takeoff and landing. Electric vertical, uh, electric vehicle vertical takeoff and landing. So they, flying car ship. They're called flying cars in my opinion. So let's take a look at a couple SPACs here uh, that have announced. The first one is QELL, uh, KEL, QUEL, where we announced it, Acquisition Corp. They announced a definitive agreement uh, with Lilium. You can see here after the announcement, it ran from 10 to 15 and a half. We're back down to that 10 price level. Um, down here, we have an implied market cap of about $3.3 billion. This is a company that's based in Germany. Uh, they are a global leader. Everybody's a global leader when they, when they put these out in regional air mobility. Uh, and they uh, use electric uh, vertical takeoff and landing jets. So it's a little different. It doesn't have the same type of propeller as we take a look at what theirs looks like. Their key partner slash investor is Tencent, which is a company I love, one of the largest internet companies in the world and the largest uh, internet company in China. Uh, great company. We have that in one of our uh, newsletters for subscribers. Uh, actually, investment opportunities. That's only $49 a year. Not a month, folks, but a year. So uh, Lilium, they are not estimated to make any revenue uh, until 2024. So you're looking out a little bit further. This, this is a VC investment, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment. They predict, uh, and again, this is, these are companies' expectations, $246 million in, in revenue uh, 2024 by 2027. Again, it sounds so far away. Six years sounds far away, but it goes so damn fast. Uh, projected about $5.9 billion in sales. But again... This company may not work and have zero in sales by that time. If they hit this, this thing's a dirt cheap. It's a $60, $70 stock by that time. Uh, but I will tell you this, and I want to talk about this because this is going to go along the line with all the SPACs that we're talking about. The more and more I think about the SPAC situation now, I've talked about this in, uh, until I turn blue, is that things go in pendulums, right? The SPACs were the hottest things in the world January, February, boom, now they're the most hated things. The middle's where you want to be. But when things go crazy like they do, euphoria, Everything goes up. doesn't matter how shitty the company is. When it goes the other way, everything goes down no matter how great the company is. It's just what we do as humans. We get, we get overreacted. And the same thing happens in market. These charts I look at, that's just human emotion. That's all that is in the short term. That's human emotion. These candlestick charts are human emotion. I've learned that many, many years ago. So what happened is there's a lot of SPACs out there. And there's a lot of them that are still looking for deals, over 300, 350, I think. That means they're taking companies public that should not yet be public. And maybe should not is the wrong way to say it, but typically would not be public. They'd wait until later in their life cycle to go public. So a company like Lilium, they'd probably wait till they had revenue to go public. So maybe they would wait till 2024, 2025. So what's cool about this is as individual investors now, we have the access to basically be VCs, venture capitalists, in companies that in the past, wouldn't have been available to trade like this or the average investor until much later in their life cycle. And the key I always say is getting in early. So this is giving us the opportunity to get in early. The asterisk that I'm going to put here, and it's a big freaking asterisk, is that as a VC investor, you know that majority of the investments you go into aren't going to come to fruition. And I think you have to take that same attitude. So if you're looking to build a SPAC portfolio of either pre-announcements, which I like that, betting on a jockey, and you get out that 10 bucks, there's really little downside, if any, or post-definitive agreement, but not yet trading uh, um, in a new company before a merger goes through, I think you could build a portfolio, but it has to be 
seven to 10, because a few of them may not work out, but all you need is a couple big ones. You get a couple 10 baggers, 20 baggers in the next five to 10 years, it doesn't matter what the rest is. You make a boatload of money. So I think you must look at a lot of these companies from a VC standpoint. And that means you can't watch it day to day. You have to let it go. Because if you invested as a VC, there's no publicly traded price on it. You can't check what the price is. SpaceX doesn't have a price now. There's a valuation that its last raise was at, but there's no price. You don't know what it does from day to day. That's how you have to view these folks. And I'm working more on this product and, and I'm fine tuning this product and I, it's coming out soon, trust me. I had a call about it yesterday. And uh, for our clients at Penn Financial Group, I'm starting to do it already for them. Uh, obviously, any spec that I own personally, any spec that we do for subscribers, and any spec I do for my money management clients at Penn Financial Group, none of them cross over. There's no gray areas. It's either one, two, or three. Three different baskets. So just so you know. I always say that, but I want to make it, make it uh, clear. So this is one that, yeah, I, I mean, who knows? It's, 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 a, it's high, high risk because they may not have anything. Uh, the next one we'll take a look at is Archer. And this is ACIC. Uh, very similar. Ran up to almost 19 bucks back then to 1022. Uh, this is, again, a leading, leading air urban mobility. It's a little different. It's an EVTOL, EVTOL. I don't even know how you're supposed to announce it, pronounce it. But this has the, all the propellers on it. I sat in a couple of these, not Archer in particular, uh, at the CES in Vegas, January of 2020, before uh, everything got shut down. They uh, have key partners and investors, uh, Stellantis, uh, and you probably don't recognize that, but that's basically Chrysler uh, Fiat um, Group, and then also United Airlines. They have a $1 billion agreement to supply these to United Airlines, with United Airlines having the opportunity to increase that to $1.5 billion. Right here is trading at about a $3.75 billion market cap. And uh, they're not estimated, again, to have revenue until 2024, only $42 billion. By 2027, $3.4 billion. So, again, you're taking a bit of a risk, and it's got to be long-term. But what I do like about this is the deal with United, because this is something where, for United, this could be huge, because this is something where the airlines will get into this urban mobility. So that's, that's one I'd, I'd like to keep an eye on. And then the third one in this sector is RTP, uh, which is reInvent Technology Partners, Again, I mean, all these charts look the same. Ran a 17 back then, a 10 and change. This is Joby, J-O-B-Y. Uh, they're uh, very similar, all electric, V-T-O-L. Uh, and they're, uh, they're doing it for potential taxi service. Uh, their their uh, uh, vehicle, uh, if, you want to, if you will, looks very similar to Archer's, uh, at least a prototype that they're showing here. And uh, their, their implied market cap right here is around 6.7 billion, so it's a little bit bigger even. Their key partners are Toyota and Uber. Uh, so two very big partners there in this one. Again, they don't expect any revenue until 2024. By 2026, a little over $2 billion. Uh, so even a little less, even though it's valued at twice as much. But again, these are numbers from the company. These could dramatically change. But those are three, again, trading right back down to that $10 level uh, that I think you want to keep an eye on. A couple others in that, in that area. Um, type that in wrong. Is uh, one's EXPC. And with... Uh, EXPC, uh, it's Blade. Uh, this is one I'm not a big fan of. To me, Blade, uh, it's, it's, it's very similar to just a helicopter company. And you can take Blade from Manhattan out to JFK, you know, beat the traffic, the rich guys do that. So ran up to almost 20 bucks back then, 10. Not as excited about this one. And this is kind of current technology, not future technology. I, 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 I'd stay away. Uh, and then the other one that's similar, not really in the space, but a little bit, I wanted to throw it in here with you, is ASPL, 
This one ran up to 11.75 back then at 10, even below 10. It's at 10.10 right now, uh, and they're merging a definitive agreement with Wheels Up, and that's private aviation. You know, so if you're Wheels Up member, you book, pri book private jets. Uh, a lot of companies use it. Uh, they have a valuation right here around 2.1 billion. Uh, in 2020, they did sales uh, revenue about 690 million. So they already are making money. This company's been around, and it's a small little jets. You've probably seen. Uh, if you're watching the Masters this weekend, golf, uh, you'll see uh, some of the guys are sponsored by Wheels Up. Uh, but they have estimated revenue of 2025, uh, uh, $2.14 billion. So it's about one-to-one -one price of sales based on 2025. So that's not bad. And I kind of like the private uh, aviation industry. Uh, they, everybody's talking about how the rich have gotten richer. Uh, and and, and there's, it's a niche business. Uh, most people will never fly private. But uh, those that do, you know, they're willing to pay for it. So, again, not in the exact EVTOL, but that's one I wanted to just highlight because it's in a, in a very similar uh, space. So those are five to keep an eye on. Wheels up, just so you know, like, like I said, uh, trading around $2 billion, So it's, it's down at, a, at a, not a bad valuation. Sticking with electric, uh, let's go on to some EV charging stations because, you know, we have the infrastructure bill that uh, Biden's trying to get through. Uh, one of the big things there is uh, getting to half a million uh, electric vehicle charging stations throughout the country. We'd have to get a lot more to get there. So let's go, let's go through a couple. Why not? Uh, first one we're going to take a look at is SNPR, uh, Tortoise Acquisition, but the company they're emerging with is Volta. And that's a nationwide network of EV charging stations. Um, take a look. Their revenue expected this year, $25 million, uh, so not that high. Uh, stock, again, ran up to 18 back down to 1050 And down here is valued at about $1.5 billion. $25 million expe expected revenue this year, uh, 2025. You know, we want to look at That's only four years from now, uh, $826 million. If that's true and they could hit that, this stock's a... a, a a big winner, in my opinion, and back in the in 20s or 30s in the next couple of years. Uh, so that's one to keep an eye on. CLII is uh, is another one, and uh, this uh, this SPAC has definitive agreement with EVGo. They have uh, you know again EV charging, fast charging network. Uh, they have over 800 already uh, right now in 67 metro areas. It's got a valuation about 2.9 billion, and this is one that is. Uh, actually held up pretty well, right up to 24, back down to 10 and change, back to 14. So it's actually held up much better than a lot of others. It's looking for about 14 million right now in revenue this year, 2025 up to just under 600 million. So again, they're not cheap. And um, will they all be winners? I, I don't know, folks. Uh, TPGY is a third one. This is EV Box. This is a company based out of Netherlands. This is a pretty interesting one for me. Uh, they uh, they have 190,000 charge ports already out. Uh, basically a European company, but moving over here. And if you take a look at their valuation right now, um, it's trading about 18 bucks. Valuation about 1.7 billion. Expect the revenue this year, 70 million. 2023 up to 415 million. So it's got a nice little ramp up there. No estimates beyond that. This is one that, that I think uh, of all of them, I want to keep an eye on. Again, this ran from 10, the day the deal went out, it was up at one point over 100%, up to 34, but it's still holding at around 18, holding up much better than the others, because I think it came out at a much lower valuation. It's Of the three, I like this one. This symbol is eventually when it merges, uh, it's going to be most likely uh, very soon. Uh, symbol will be EVB. 
uh, one to keep an eye on. And then I'm going to take a look at one that actually just recently did go through the merger. Uh, this is ChargePoint. Uh, they had a deal with Switchback uh, Energy Acquisition Corp. It was SBE, now it's CHPT. This ran up to about almost 50 bucks, down to 20, didn't pull the way back, and now we're at 29. So CHPT, we've got an $8.5 billion company right here. Uh, they had the largest online network of independently owned EV charging stations. So this is, this is a big company. It's the biggest of the bunch. Uh, last year, they did revenue about $146 million. And they're looking forward to go all the way up to 1.6 billion by 2025. So much higher than the others. However, keep in mind, a much bigger company valuation-wise. Uh, but there's a key here to this one. And, and the others may be, but they, they don't talk about it right now, that this has a path to profitability. For early stage companies, for me, it's key to have this path to profitability. Uh, they look to be profitable in 2024. And that's not even a company, it's an analyst that cover it. Uh, so that's one to keep an eye on ChargePoint. Extremely volatile, folks. And again, I don't know which one the winner is going to be, uh, but these three are ones uh, that you want to keep an eye on. As you can tell, they're holding up a little bit better than some of the others because of the potential of, of all these being built uh, due to the infrastructure bill. Now I got a couple, as you call, randoms out here for you. A couple that people have asked about. Uh, first, we'll take a look. This is one I've talked about in the past. Uh, this is uh, FRX, is the symbol Forest Road Acquisition Corp. Definitive agreement with Beachbody. This one ran up to 18, all the way back down to below 10, now we're at 10, 15. Uh, Beachbody down here is about a $3 billion company. Um, what I like about Beachbody here, I'm, give me one second to pull my information. They, uh, they're making money, or no, sorry, they're not that they're making money. They are, uh, they have sales already. It's been around over 20 years. Um, you probably see some of their stuff on the infomercials. Uh, they, uh, they had um, revenue 2020 of 880 million. As I mentioned, $3 billion company. So it's about 3.7 times last year's sales, which isn't bad. They're expecting this year. I'm uh, sorry, that was for this year. Last year, 700. I take that back. I keep messing up years because I keep thinking it's 2020. Uh, 2021, uh, this year, is expected about $1.11 billion. So less than three times sales this year. That's not bad. By 2025, they're expecting $3.3 billion in sales. If that hits them, man, I'd like this. And, uh, you know, I, being an owner of a... Uh, um, fitness uh, business, the online's where this is going. I mean, people love this stuff, um, you know, from the mirror things to the Peloton, the Nordic tracks, uh, you name it, just the apps, uh, the people who just do YouTube channels. So I think they're onto something. They have some weird brands that I don't really like them all, but I think they're onto something. PX90, whatever it is. Uh, so down here at 10, I, I actually like it down here. So that's, that's one to keep it on. It's a random, and I've talked about it before, and people have asked about it. Uh, another one is TDAC, uh, and this is a Trident Acquisition. Uh, Trident Acquisition here, uh, let me that little thing, if I can. Uh, this one ran up to 17 bucks, back down to 10 and change, now around 13. So again, it's held up pretty damn well. Uh, this initially, when it, when it made the announcement, uh, was going to be uh, going with Lottery.com, online lottery, which... As much as I think the lottery is the dumbest thing in the world, you should be investing in the stock market where you actually can make money. Uh, it's interesting. And right now it's got about a $700 million market cap, which isn't bad. I mean, that's, that's still a small company. The other thing that I like about this is it made an announcement recently uh, that it bought, get this, um, sports.com. And what that tells me is they are now... Uh, going to be making a big move, potentially uh, uh, signaling, I guess you'd say, a move into um, online gambling, sports gambling. And that is big business, folks. 
So to me, man, oh man, uh, I, I think that is a, uh, a big thing. The CEO of Lottery.com, uh, Tony DiMatteo, he came out and said, the acquisition of the sports.com domain is an important first step in entering the sports betting vertical. The brand name is perfect fit for us and its product pairing is special in the marketplace. As the lottery is one of the most popular games in the world, our goal is to leverage our favorable customer acquisition costs, which is great, and platform to efficiently drive growth for Lottery.com and parlay it into other related products. You're already bringing people in. A lot of people play the lottery, bet on sports, and vice versa. That's, boy, I gotta tell you, I, I, I like this. You know, and uh, estimated uh, this year, 71 million, uh, up to 571 million by 2023. Again, it's only a 500 million, or sorry, 700 million dollar company. Again, one to keep an eye on. I think this is one that's flying under the radar. Uh, the next one we're going to take a look at here uh, is going to be a 3D printing uh, company. And the symbol right now is A1AONE. Uh, the SPAC is called One. It's at 1072. And this is uh, set to merge with Mark Forged. It's a, um, a creator of uh, integrated metal carbon fiber additive. Uh, it's for the manufacturing process, which is where 3D printing is really taking off. This is what I will, I will say, I do own some for some clients at Penn Financial Group, so I will uh, give you full disclosure of that. Uh, this one right here where it's trading, we're trading on 10, we're, we're trading with a market cap of about a little under $2 billion, around $2 billion. Uh, sales last year of 70 million, this year looking for 88 million, so not real big growth there, but by 2025, 706 million. To me, 3D printing is one of the most overlooked investment trends in the next 10 years during the early 2020s. Um, you see some of their customer base here from Mark Forge, uh, Bosch, Slender Electric, Airbus, Lockheed Martin, um, Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, Audi, Ford, GM, VW, SpaceX, NASA, Blue Origin, Toyota. I mean, my goodness, uh, GE, as I may have mentioned, Fanuc, which is one of the largest um, robotics companies in the world based out of Japan. I mean, these are U.S. Army, Honda, Navy. I mean, they have big deals with, uh, with, some, with the really big customers. So this is one that you, you definitely want to keep an eye on. And while we're in that space, let me talk, let me talk about two other uh, uh, SPACs in this space as well. Uh, one is going to be um, Jaws Spitfire Acquisition Corp, SPFR. This one ran to 12, back to 10, now we're at 1070. Um, got quite a bit of volume here today. This has a definitive agreement to merge with uh, Velo, Velo, however you pronounce it, V-E-L-L 3D. It's a 3D uh, metal manufacturing solution, again. Um, but what, what I like about this one, it's really unique. It's uh, 3D printing for space rockets and jet engines uh, and other things in that industry. Uh, implied market cap right here, about 2.1 billion. Uh, last year, sales of 19 million, so still very small. But again, by 2025, 546. Uh, million uh, estimate. Uh, Aerojet Rockdyne, Rocketdyne, big company. It's one of their customers. SpaceX, again, Lockheed Martin, Honeywell, Raytheon, Siemens, Honda, Lamb, Research, Jabil, um, Boom, Triumph Group. I mean, look at this. Uh, Mitsubishi, ConocoPhillips. A uh, lot of big companies here, folks. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, interesting what's going on. I think 3D printing, all rockets, all engines will be eventually be 3D printed. It's just where we're going. And then the last one I'm going to bring up, this one, again, is very similar to uh, one of the others we talked about. The deal's already gone through. Desktop metal, this one ran up to 35, all the way back down to 14 right here. This is one, again, we have some exposure for clients at Penn Financial Group. Now, this is a leading printer, uh, uh, designer, uh, 3D printing systems. Uh, if you take a look here, 
Uh, right now it's trading, let me pull it up here and get you the exact number where we're at right now. Let's see where we're at with uh, our, our market cap of desktop metal. Right now about $3.4 billion. Uh, and, and again, of course, I, we have it for clients, so I love it here. Uh, 2020, about 16 million in, uh, 16 and a half million in revenue. By 2024, looking at 586. Uh, that's by 2024. By 2025, nearly a billion uh, in sales projected. And again, look at some of the customer base. Ford, Nissan, uh, VW, Dow, BMW, Bosch, Adidas, uh, Stanley Black & Decker, Google, Toyota, Lockheed Martin, uh, U.S. Navy, again, U.S. Army, uh, Michelin, uh, just huge, huge names, folks. So I, I think, again, 3D printing is so, so overlooked, and they've been beaten up in this market, and I think there's just huge opportunity. Uh, before I wrap it up here, you know, what I want to talk about just for a minute is this, again, the situation we're in right now, SPACs, I love that they're hated. And they continue to be hated. They could, could continue to be hated for another day, another week, another month, another six months. I don't care. We're, we're combing through the hundreds and hundreds of SPACs that have already announced deals, uh, that have not announced deals yet, pre-deal, pre and looking at the jockeys. And I, we're building the SPAC portfolio. And I think, in my opinion, it's not high risk. A lot of people think these SPACs are high risk because they were buying at 20 bucks after the deals announced, now it's down to 10. So they think, oh, because I, I lost money, it's high risk. No, you shouldn't be buying at 20. Uh, but don't beat yourself up. I'm not trying to be rude, but you shouldn't be buying at 20. Now you have the opportunity because you've been burned in the past potentially. Don't let that hurt you in the future because now is the time to be buying. Uh, I see great opportunity here in SPACs. I see great opportunity here in the stock market overall. Um, man, I, I can't wait this weekend. I'm working more on my book for Roaring 2020s. It's coming out soon, I promise, I promise. I've been a little busy here with work, uh, but I'm spending a weekend going through or getting my watch list uh, that I take my best stock ideas for, for myself, which I don't buy for anybody else, uh, my best ideas for Penn Financial Group, my best ideas for subscribers, and I'm building my, my watch list. You and me talk about it all the time. Four to 500 stocks on there. Right now, I'm at 44, 45. We bought a couple for clients recently. Uh, but I want to get to 100 of my best freaking favorite stocks uh, on my watch list. So I'm going to try to finish that this weekend in all of our great uh, uh, you know, investment trends. And maybe if you're lucky, I'll share some next week. But if you have anything, any topics uh, you want me to do, please comment down below. Don't forget to check out, uh, you know, we have investment opportunities, $49. You can't miss it. Uh, we used to put out some new SPAC uh, buy recommendations uh, a week ago. Uh, so check that out. The link is in the description of the podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, tell your friends. And more importantly, have a safe, wonderful, happy weekend. Smile, go out there, give somebody a hug, and uh, enjoy life, folks. It's a wonderful thing. But again, thank you so much for taking time out of your week to watch and listen. Uh, you have a great weekend. We'll be back Tuesday. I'm Matt McCall, and that was your Money Line. Money Line with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com. <laughs>